Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Take 5 Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fuller, Chief Deputy Court Administrator for the Fifth Judicial Circuit. Today, we have Circuit Judge Jennifer Bass joining us to talk about the COVID pandemic, Circuit 5 operations, and the new way to conduct hearings virtually. Welcome, Judge Bass. Thank you for inviting me, Jeff. And thank you for being here, Judge. And Judge, I am pleased to report that the entire Fifth Circuit is now in Phase 2 operations. Uh, now, phase two does not allow for many additional in-person hearings, but it does move us closer to jury trials in phase three. Most court proceedings will continue to be conducted remotely, and that's why Judge Bass has joined us today. Judge Bass is the circuit judge in Marion County, but she's also the chairperson of the technology committee for the circuit. So let's talk about some of the changes we've seen this year. Circuit five began working remotely in March over six months ago, and we had to find ways to continue our work and continue working during that time. Most of the ways included technology, and it's allowed us to keep providing the services that we provide and keep up with our entire staff. Judge, has there been any benefit to these changes? There have been many benefits from the court conducting remote hearings using technology. First, thousands of citizens have continued to have access to the courts during the pandemic. Since March, we have conducted 10,283 hearings. We have been able to address matters of liberty, economics, safety of individuals and children, and address the needs of families. All the while, litigants and lawyers are able to remain healthy and lessen the impact that court appearances might have on their ability to earn income. Have you seen any issues arise uh, due to the virtual hearings and the working remotely? Well, since March, our country and the Fifth Circuit have experienced significant challenges, and the judiciary has been working to meet those challenges, but the learning curve has been steep. Historically, judges and lawyers and litigants were accustomed to conducting hearings in person, and all of us have had to adjust to conducting hearings on a virtual platform, which we were unfamiliar with. Our judges quickly underwent training and were ready to get to work. Fortunately, court records have already been electronic for many years, and the judges were filing their orders electronically well before the pandemic. Talking about that, we've noticed that many people are concerned about the virtual hearings because they simply don't know what to do. What are some of the tips that you could give so that uh, people would feel more prepared when they're uh, getting ready to participate in one of these virtual uh, video hearings? First, virtual hearings are as important as in-person hearings. And as you mentioned, preparation is key. All participants, litigants, and lawyers should be as prepared as you would be if you were inside the courtroom. If you're not familiar with the platform, plan ahead. Download the application in advance and troubleshoot well before the hearing. A participant should have their court documents or evidence easily available to them. It is very important to establish a good internet connection so that connectivity is not lost during the hearing. If connectivity is lost, then important testimony a party may want the court to hear will not be presented during the hearing. Please test your speaker, your microphone, and your camera to confirm everything is working properly and find a quiet place to participate when you are not speaking to the court or not being asked questions, place your device on mute, which reduces feedback and background noise during the hearing. Of course, parties should dress appropriately as if you were at an in-person hearing. And please check the judge's website or call the court well in advance of the hearing if you need more information about the hearing, how to submit proposed evidence. And I've found for me that it's very important to start the hearing in a way where you are flexible and to try to have the ability to adjust during the hearing if it's necessary during the process. 
Okay, thanks, Judge. Those are some great tips. But what what are the uh, virtual platforms that we're using right now in the circuit? In the five counties of the Fifth Circuit, we are using and have been using the Zoom platform since March of this year. And how has everyone reacted to the use of Zoom? Has it been easy to work with? As I mentioned earlier, there has been a learning curve. However, Zoom is user-friendly, and if you plan ahead, follow instructions, have a good connection, the hearings can go quite smoothly. What would you say is one good function that the platform offers to help us facilitate the virtual hearings uh, for everyone? The platform itself facilitates virtual hearings for everyone. It has allowed the courts to conduct business and has permitted participants access to the courts wherever they may be whether it is from their homes, their workplaces, or even institutions. With this platform, the participants are not required to travel, and so transportation is not an impediment to attending court hearings. Also, the participants have less of an interruption with their employment, which allows them to continue to earn income during these very challenging economic times. Specifically, Zoom provides a waiting room function that's helpful. This function allows the host to control who's admitted to the hearing, and provides a places a place for witnesses to wait during the hearing. Well, that sounds uh, sounds very convenient and, and very easy to use. Is there anything else that the circuit's doing differently? How do how do people submit paperwork uh, before a hearing? The evidence is submitted electronically, which is very different from how we start at the beginning of the year. In the order setting the hearing, the judge provides instructions on how to submit evidence for the hearing, and that information is available on the judge's websites as well. And what if for some reason someone doesn't have the resources uh, to, to be at a proceeding virtually? Is there another option for them? Yes. The order setting hearing provides both video and telephonic appearance options. The phone number is a toll-free number. The participants call into the hearing if they do not have access to a smartphone, laptop, or desktop com computer. And I've had a number of parties call into hearings by telephone when they did ha not have access to the technology. Well, it sounds like there's always a way for people to be a part of the uh, hearings, even during this this pandemic. So that's really good to hear. Uh, speaking of being a part of the hearings, what about uh, ADA requirements? Do we do anything to take those into account? Of course. It is an important function of our courts, and those services are readily available for the individu individuals in our community. Yesterday, I conducted a hearing with an individual who needed an American Sign Language interpreter. We all appeared at the hearing from different locations, and the hearing went very well. And that is very important. Uh, another question uh, that, that I've had uh, um, brought up is regarding witnesses. When it comes to witnesses in a case, are they able to participate in the hearings virtually as well? Yes, witnesses can participate virtually, and law enforcement can also participate virtually. All witnesses must have the necessary technology to participate in the remote hearing. And if they cannot, they must explain in an affidavit why they cannot participate virtually. In advance of the hearing, all parties must exchange witness lists, which include the witnesses' names, email addresses, and telephone numbers. And participants will be given instructions on how to submit any evidence to the court if they wish to do so electronically. Would that be submitted via email? There are different filing methods depending on which judge you're appearing in front of. For example, for some judges, including myself, I request that documents be submitted via PDF format to my judicial assistant while others may request the filing of proposed evidence with the clerk of court or through the e-portal or even uploading to a cloud storage device. The method may be individual to the presiding judge or county and a participant should review the order setting hearing to confirm which method to use. 
It is very important to have the evidence submitted as required by the order and in the time frame provided to allow the court to properly consider the evidence the party is requesting the court to consider. Well, thank you very much for that information, Judge, and thank you for joining us today. I think this information is very beneficial and it will hopefully prepare everyone or anyone that might be having a virtual hearing soon. Thank you for inviting me, Mr. Fuller. Well, before we end this episode, I want to make sure our listeners know that the courts in the Fifth Circuit have met the benchmark criteria and are fully transitioned into phase two. Now, not much has changed as far as in-person proceedings, but we are closer to jury trials. We continue to follow strict guidelines in our courthouses. And if you follow us on social media, you might already know that if you visit the courts, we're asking that everyone wear a mask, maintain social distancing, check your temperature, and answer health-related questions before entering the courthouse. So follow us on social media. We're using every platform we have to make sure the community is up to date on how the circuit is operating through COVID-19. Give us a follow there. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for the next episode of Take 5. Thank you for joining us and stay safe.